And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. It is a great honor to once again welcome back to our show, Mr. Jason Kristoff. He is a self-sabotage expert. He also runs an international self-sabotage coaching school. Jason also happens to be the host of a terrific podcast called Psychology of Freedom. I've listened to his show. I've also taken a self-sabotage course. I have glaring reviews about both. You can learn more about Jason by going to his website at jchristoff.com. Jason, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate me. Uh, I appreciate you having me back on. Always a pleasure. A pleasure. And um, I just want to bring to everyone's attention that... On Jason's newsletters, if you sign up, one of the things he does is he'll always provide multiple links on things that he's talking about. So the emails that you get from him, they just there's a lot of information. So you'll go down a lot of different rabbit holes. So it's very empowering information. I want to bring that to everyone's attention first. But uh, Jason, where we are right now compared to where we spoke, which is I believe is about a year and a half ago, are you more hopeful about the future? Or are you maybe more hopeful about the people that are aware of freedom and their future, maybe necessarily the collective humanity? What are your thoughts about uh, what's well, going I, on, how you see it? I think it's a race to the finish line. I think as the more evil, that when evil comes above ground at this rate, it has the propensity to electroshock a lot of people back into reality and start paying attention. But what the average person isn't aware of is that there was a lot of experiments in the past hundred years, and those experiments focused on traumatized children who were sort of abused by their parents, and their parents were abused by their parents, and they became very interested in this three generations of abuse and trauma. And the reason they got interested in this, these three generations of abuse and trauma is simply because it seemed in the third or fourth generation that the compliance to an abuser became almost genetic. And what they found, too, inside uh, the research, basically, is that there were modalities that could traumatize people and those modalities were inflicted on these abuse victims that they studied directly. It was like done in front of them or done to them physically, one-on-one. -on -one. But then they started to experiment with the TV. So let, let's say some abuse victims would say they would see animals being killed in front of them. And this is like high-end uh, sort of mind control experiments. And that has a real big impact on the nervous system. And the people who are doing these experiments said, oh, obviously, we can't kill animals and do all these other things, like sexually abuse them. And we can't do this to everybody, but we would like everybody to be under this 
sort of compliant based mind control in the third or fourth generation, like we're finding in these experiments. And one of the researchers said, well, how about if we use the TV? Can we kill, can we have someone kill someone on TV and make it like acting? And will that give us the same effect as killing someone or something in front of the trauma victim, like we're studying right now? So they did these experiments. And the reason I'm saying this is, Yes, a lot of people are waking up, but there's there's that core there's that core 30% that don't know that they're they're having the same compliance and the same obedience as a third or fourth generation trauma victim that they've been traumatized through the TV or the movie screen and all this is being done on purpose to try and get a population that are hyper compliant to absolutely anything that the perceived authority figure says, sort of like a battered woman syndrome, where, you know, the, the trauma and the terror and the panic are so prolific that the lady becomes very obedient to the abuser. And this is what we're also seeing. So we're seeing a bit of a, a, bit of a battle between people that are not yet under this third or fourth generation mind control, trauma-based mind control. And we have this 30% where they've watched so much Netflix and so many slasher and hacker movies and so many murders and so, so many sexual assaults and so many things that are traumatic, which they found out in all these experiments, really fried the nervous system and made the person hyper-compliant this is the battle that's going on right now is that the battle is between these people that will do anything they're told because they don't understand that their movie screen and TV screen are documented military weapons to drive in, like to take from that, these, they were called the project Monarch or operation Monarch and had to do with the Monarch butterfly and the monarch butterfly actually needs three generations to fly from Mexico to Canada. That's where they started uh, studying this third generation genetic imprint where the whole genetic code changes. And this is what the average person might not realize is all, they've known the movies have gotten more sexual. They've known the TV shows are more violent. They know their media like, you know, gangster rap and everything has come yeah. on the scene and sort of dominated, but they don't realize that whether we look at say Oklahoma city bombing, or we look at nine 11, or we look at um, there's, you know, some school shootings, not all of them are in this category, but they want to feed us with a steady, like a steady slow drip trauma to get the same effect through the screen as you would get in real life trauma victims. Wow. And the end result is this. I mean, the only reason they're interested in this, Ryan, is because trauma victims are like really obedient. They will not question. They will not resist. And they will do anything they're told. So if you told a trauma victim, like a third or fourth trauma victim, which means their grandparents were abused, their mm -hmm. parents were abused by their grandparents, and that child was abused by their parents. I mean, this person will do absolutely anything they're told. You tell that person, go into a 15-minute city, eat a cockroach, eat a maggot, give okay. me all your wealth, take 30, 40 new medicines pushed under the skin. 
these if 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 their research is correct that person that 30 to 35 percent will say yes sir how high sir three bags full sir Jeez, is that what that whole push is? Do you think that has to do with the sexualization of children, bringing them to these drag shows? Because all the things that I see with this open pedophilia, I I would I can imagine it's going to have some kind of traumatic effect. And when you show explicit imagery to ch- children of that particular age, I cannot imagine that they're going to walk away unscathed. And the fact that they are seeing, um, you know, a lot of people in their society kind of getting behind it, which I think makes it even more twisted. I wonder, do you think that's part of the plan? Is that their final push? I mean, how much more can they push beyond that, beyond well, sexualizing children? Or what are, what are they trying to do on that? It's funny you say that because that's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. So it's not, yes. you, you've hit the nail right on the head. And they would rank the traumas that had the biggest cellular impact. Mm-hmm. And the biggest trauma in sort of the one-on-one experiments with real people, not through the screen, with real people, like real sexual, real physical abuse victims, was the sexual abuse. Jeez. So the sexual abuse or introduction to sexual concepts at too early an age fries the nervous system. It's the the actual spiritual structure of the human, and they work in the spirit world as much as they work in the physical. They actually work in the spirit world first and the physical world second. So they know the spiritual structure of the human is not designed to engage with sexual concepts until sexual maturation. So they found that the number one traumatizing, nerve-frying, hyper-compliant result that they were looking for comes from sexual abuse. So they're looking at each other going, we got to get this into the fold, but this will be the most resisted. And they do what's called the lane of traffic technique. So they'll put you like, just imagine an 18 lane superhighway, nine lanes going to the West, nine lanes going to the East. You're going East. They got you in the far right hand lane and they know they got to get you over nine lanes. And they know there's no way you'll get there if they just took you from your first lane and bopped you over eight other lanes and landed you in the ninth lane. There's no way. They got to what do, they call it now psychological nudging, which is the lane of traffic technique. They're going to nudge you traffic lane by traffic lane and get you to accept step by step, sort of a death by a thousand cuts, this this incremental effect where you're going to comply with this sexual assault of your own children, because that's where this is going. So at first it was in the 1950s, this guy called Alfred Kinsey. And if you want to go to say Odyssey or Bitchute and look up Kinsey's pedophiles. So it's a documentary about Alfred Kinsey. He was you know, it's just one arm of the cabal doing our business with the other arm of the cabal. Mm. So he comes on the government scene and says, we want to teach your kids about sex in the 50s. And then, of course, as David Icke says, out of nowhere, it's everywhere. Mm. So all the countries that are controlled by the same group roll out the red carpet for a known pedophile. Not as a known pedophile. He is clinically insane. He actually circumcised himself with a pocket knife in front of his research staff. This is the people 
that we're dealing with in power. And that was in the 1950s. And he was trying, he convinced everybody that children were sexual beings. They have sexual feelings. They want to be sexualized. And of course, I mean, it's just one one arm of the cabal shaking hands with the other arm of the cabal. And then all the government schools introduced Kinsey's ideas. And that was the first nudge. Then we have sort of the man on man sex, which is really prolific today. And I have no problem with that. What you do in your uh, confines of your own home between two consulting adults, that's fine. But man-on-man sex is only three uh, lanes of traffic away from man-on-boy sex. Hmm. And, of course, you have all the... Then it was drag queens reading um, stories to children in the libraries. And then... That's so sick, yeah. It, it be, and this is it. So you're, you're putting sexual content and sexual confusion. Now, if you read the uh, book by Dr. Juice Merlou, who is a behavior modification expert... I know it's a weird name. Juiced is J-O-O-S-T and Merlou is M-E-R-L-O-O. And he is an expert on mind control and brainwashing. And he'll tell you confusion is the foundation of all mind control. Keep them confused. That's why Fauci said no masks, masks don't, they don't work. Mm. And then like six months later, wear a mask. Then he said two masks. Then he said, no masks if you took the medicine. Then you're back to masking again if you took the medicine regardless or how many shots, you still got to take the medicine. People are like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, good, you're starting to understand. Because when it doesn't make sense, the confused mind has sort of like a defensive mechanism where it becomes compliant because it's too confused to logically assess the lay of the land. So confusion clicks in a second protection mechanism, which is compliance. If you're confused, trust me, compliance is very protective. Like if you're too confused amount of defense, compliance is the only other defense mechanism you have. And this is how the psychology is one in confused victims. That's why someone who is a, a batterer of women, like the abuser in battered women's syndrome, he knows he has to hit his wife or terrify her or put panic into her, whether she needs it or not, to keep her confused. Give her a kiss, tell her she's great, smash her. Because the confusion invokes an upregulation of compliance. Now, do you, where things are right now, the trajectory, I mean, the kids, I cannot believe that we're at this point. I cannot believe they're going to try and have sex with the kids probably in the next five to seven years. What do you mean? Like they're just going to legalize pedophilia? Are they going to try to legalize? Yes, they're definitely trying to legalize pedophilia. And they're trying to take there. It doesn't matter which how you look at it. If you look at uh, TED Talks, if you look at, say, the Toronto Star in I think it was 2014, the Toronto Star in Canada put out a headline is pedophilia sexual or- orientation. So again, one arm of the cabal shaking hands with the other arm of the cabal, making it look like it's sort of an advanced society and we're, you know, we're really, but they're they're trying to make it so that people believe this is a, a reflection of an advanced society. 
and it is not an advanced society, and it's a continuation of satanic doctrine. Satanic doctrine isn't about devils and horns and hooved feet. It's about what gives me pleasure in the now is my religion. That's what mm-hmm. Satanism is known to be. Do what what thou wilt, which means do what you want in the moment, regardless if you hurt other people, as long as it's fun for you or you get a benefit. So that's what we're seeing is a secondary initiation of the public into the satanic doctrine that encompasses the full ruling level. And then we're becoming like mini Satanists on the bottom by also embracing this hedonistic pleasure pit lifestyle with the alcohol, the nicotine, the weed, the coffee. Mm. It's got to be fun, fun, fun all the time or the average person isn't interested. Well, if you can just grab whoever you want and put your penis in them, well, that's, that's Satanism because you're just, you're just using someone to have pleasure and that's where they want to go with this. Yeah, And of course they want to traumatize the kids through the sexual induction it's like sexual induction you're not kids aren't even supposed to be learning any of this and they got anal sex and oral sex. yeah and the drag shows i mean i yeah, I, I think it's, it's in so, the books it's so disturbing and i worry about the next generation of kids and uh, people are talking about well there's going to be this, some kind of great awakening well what about all these generation of children that are that are traumatized and where are they going to fall into play? Are they going to be part of this awakening? Are they going to be part of the compliance and you know part of the oppressors? I, I just don't know where it's going to go. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, Jason, we've interviewed several people on our show that have experienced clinical death. And some of the common themes that we find out in interviewing these people is they get out of the body. They, they realize that from their perspective, the whole human existence is nothing but an illusion, but a blip in existence. They are in a spiritual form and they go back to a place and they become one with source or the oneness of being. And it's beautiful and celestial. And I never really get the sense when I'm talking to people that have these near death experiences that, that, that there's some kind of celestial forces on the outside of clinical death for humans, like right there before they progress onto this uh, eternal uh, bliss and uh, becoming one with the source or God, if you want to call it, that is there fighting. From your perspective, are you seeing any indications of these light forces that are there? Because I'm wondering if they're there, where that, why are they doing such a shit, part of my language, shitty job? And why aren't they making themselves known? And what can people do to access these uh, quote unquote beings that may be there that are providing for the light? Is, is this really, uh, just a planet where the dark rolls over and those that are here that understand the true nature, maybe this is our personal hell. Maybe it's truly a hell place for us because we know the truth. And maybe we're here because maybe we're part of the worst condemned. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out, Jason. Well, a lot of times with the spiritual aspects or the spiritual conversations, not all of them, but some of them uh, sound like uh, Mark Passio describes as what's called a stand down psyop which means you're going to be outsourcing your responsibility or outsourcing your action to imaginary third parties, kind of like the trust. There was something called Operation Trust in Russia when the Bolsheviks came in and they were using government propaganda to say that there was insiders in Operation Trust going to take down the Bolsheviks. You just sit at home on your couch. Well, a lot that smells, I mean, a lot like trust the plan, 
mm -hmm. and Q. And these are very, this is this, these families are thousands of years old. They know how to take the air out of your balloon. And they've worked in the religious realms for a long time and have also played this stand down psyop or what's called the savior psyop is don't worry about it. The spirits will help out or God will help out or Jesus will help out. Jesus is coming back as the person sits there with their hand down their pants. Um, basically, it's us. That's what, whether there are spirits involved or not, it comes down to us sort of pushing back on this very clever group of psychological manipulators, which have thousands of years of experience under their belt of manipulating us on a psychological level. We have to bring morality and logic and rational thought back. And then we can win the day as a, a force to be reckoned here. Don't forget, these people show weakness all the time because it's obvious they're weak because they would, they, if they had the force to do to us, like, like they're tricking us to do to ourselves, they would use it. But they don't have that force. And that's why they have to use the TV and the movie screens and the radios and the newspapers to have us do to ourselves voluntarily, but what they could never do by force. So they show their weaknesses all the time. And even in uh, Thailand, they, I mean, it was just two weeks ago, Thailand said to get in, you have to have the two shots. Now you got to show proof. And then a lot of the restaurant owners showed up with machetes behind the scene, put it right to someone's throat and ah, voila, two weeks later, I mean, two days later, no longer required. Well, <laughs> so we take the U S take that cue because you can't get in the U S without getting two shots. Yeah. And of course they're doing that to, I mean, the whole, they want to just increase the trauma because every person that doesn't go to the U S drains your U.S. economy even more than it's being drained right now, which will lead to homelessness and joblessness and economic upheaval and theft. So it's like they know that these policies will only increase the trauma in the public, which will help increase compliance in their direction when they try to take control. So it's all about regardless of how chaotic it gets, you have to be sort of a a lighthouse in a massive storm where it bashes against you and your morality and your ethics and you, the fact that you know right from wrong keeps you like a rock in the storm. And because that's where we have to bring that we as each individual has to start knowing right from wrong and not and start resisting this initiation into their satanic cult which simply means all we want is fun. All we want is pleasure. All we want to do is instant gratification. If we have to do a, like eat less and eat different foods for eight weeks to lose 30 pounds, the average person, they're not interested. Give me the liposuction. Give me the, the stomach stapling. Give me like everything is about now, now, now. I want my results now. They don't want to start a business. They don't even want to work. I mean, this is satanic. They want to work. They, they don't want to work, but they want to get a paycheck. So what looks like communism or fascism or totalitarianism? It's just people that are sort of enrolled and initiated into this me, 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 
all day, every day philosophy where all they, all they do is think about themselves. Like anybody that, like, where's this uh, interview going? It's not on YouTube, right? Oh, we don't know. We'll have to put it on YouTube, Jason. We, I, I, we, I was, we, don't, we don't have to put it anywhere. No, we won't put it on YouTube. No well, no, I'm just saying if you put it on YouTube, I'll just keep watching my mouth. But no, no, don't worry. I want you to be, be you in your totality, and I don't care. It doesn't well, matter. we'll just say anybody that pushed the poison under their yeah. skin, they were thinking of themselves. Anybody that teaches children that there's more than two genders is thinking about their paycheck, not the yeah. children. And yeah. so the, the biggest uh, dysfunction we have today is, let's say, these teachers leaving the, the schoolyard, driving home, smiling, thinking they're good people when by definition, they are bad people yeah. because they are not thinking of any worldly result of what they're doing other than them, them personally. And satanic doctrine, if you look it up, does not, like if you go to the house of Satan or the church of Satan, it doesn't involve like pitchforks. It involves like I'm just going to do what benefits me and no one else matters. And so we have this society to the point where they're so satanic, they're so concerned with themselves that they'll smoke and kill themselves just to have one more day down in the pleasure pit. They have such a disdain for life and you know, right from wrong and morality and ethics that they'll kill themselves with coffee, alcohol, nicotine, cigarettes, junk food, ice cream, chips, pop, booze. They don't care. They just want to take one extra hit off the societal crack pipe. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that only benefits you because when you're a shit wreck, and you know, excuse my language, when you're a fucking shit wreck, you cannot play your role as a fully functional adult member of the tribe. So if you're out of shape, you're high, you're not focused, you're not strong, you're not healthy, you're a dysfunctional member of the tribe, which means now you're a taker. You're not a provider. Because if you, you're always going to be falling down, all messed up physically or mentally. So we got to go over because you can't take care of yourself like a child. And we got to put our energy into you to solve the problems that you caused yourself. And that's what's killing our society is this satanic doctrine of if it benefits me, I'll do it with no consideration of the long-term effect. I stay healthy, not only for me, but for the community I live in. I, I awesome. quit drinking booze a long time ago, not just for me, but for my kids, uh, my kid, my, my, you know, my partner, my friends, my community. That's why I quit. And I, I, because it makes the society stronger. You have to go from thinking about me to we, and then this is all over. But the average person is so consumed where, Oh, I might not be able to go see my friends or go to the show, go to the movie. I got to take a thing. I got to push the poison under my skin to take one more hit on the crack pipe. <laughs> like it is so juvenile, so dysfunctional, and no one's born like that. 
the movies are again this initiation like every movie character it's always about them and their life and what's going on with them and how they get a benefit they're having sex with the secretary and they're drunk at work or they're depressed and they're drunk down at the bar all we're shown is weakness 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 the base psychology of humans is very simple monkey see monkey do they give us crap to watch we mimic the crap and then we become pleasure pit uh, seeking, you know, pleasure seeking Satanists that look at as our body as a 24 hour carnival ride by which we extrapolate fake feel good emotions by poisoning ourselves. That society cannot survive. Well, I hope that society implodes upon itself. I don't want to be a part of that society. It is. There's a wonderful quote, I forget what it was saying it is does no justice to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And there's another quote, I think it's Waldo Emerson that says, the lust for comfort murders the passions of the soul. And I'm really glad you brought up the last part saying that you don't drink for certain reasons because you want to benefit you and also society because they were really, I remember that Last year, they were saying, we have to get the vaccine for the greater good. Everything's for effing greater good. And and it was like, you know, no, I don't want to poison myself because that's not helping people. But I wonder. It's all inversion, right? It isn't. Like if if all the people around me are in wheelchairs and at the hospital and aren't at their true adult strength and power, it does not benefit the greater good. It's all inverted, right? It, 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 it's, uh, I mean, it benefits the great reset, but it has no benefit for the greater good. It's, you mean, a a tribe of dysfunctional people that can't put out the garbage, can't cook, can't farm, and can't care for their elderly because everybody's in a wheelchair, that is societal collapse 101. And this sort of, I mean, don't forget in Vietnam, the U.S. Army developed a bullet that would actually go through its targets because they discovered that if you injured, it wouldn't kill them. It would make them disabled. And the reason they did that purposely is the statistics showed that if you have one disabled person, you need two other tribesmen to take care of them. So by disabling one, you know, Viet Cong, okay, communist part of the, you know, mm. communist people down there, by disabling one person, you take down three. And if you're looking to win a war or take over society, you make it so dysfunctional, it can't stand on its own two legs. And this is the sort of psychological manipulation and trickery that's been going on, weaponized against the public. This isn't a misunderstanding of the science. It's not like the science has to uh, catch up or they'll get to it later. This is the known documented fact science weaponized against the public and the public are just told through the media and the schools that everything's okay all you need to do is work your meaningless soulless job at the death star working for darth vader and then as soon as your shift's over go sniff some coke 
drink some beer and whack off to porn and everything's going to be okay. This is the general theme of the, the American dream went in that direction pretty fast that all you have to do is after your shift is done at that job, you don't really like, all you have to do is get drunk, giggle and push each other into the bushes. And they wanted you to do that because as you were screwing around down at the bar or at the, at the sports ball game, they were building this weaponized psychology prison against you. And glad you brought that. And speaking of the weaponized psychology prison that they're putting out, I don't know, Jason, is this, was it a misstep for them to be pushing this out, pushing the, the, the poison out to people that were more likely going to be the order takers? Like I feel that the people that are aware and that are awake and that are critical thinkers, they never were going to take that poison. And yet those are the ones that, that offer the, the greatest uh, pushback. But the ones that are kind of putting themselves out of the gene pool in the equation are the order takers or the order followers. Is there something illogical about that? that they, was that a, was it a calculated misstep that they that, that these people that want up taking the poison were the ones by design were the order takers? Because I don't understand why they wouldn't focus on the people that were the critical thinkers. Why did they focus on the people they already had in their back pocket? Well, evil spares no one, but mm-hmm. they, they knew that the, the, that propensity to comply was mm-hmm. going to be only in a certain portion of the population. And I believe that now they're broadcasting the failure as wide as they can, because I can see them saying, I can see them, encouraging the lawsuits to bankrupt the entire country really <laughs> yeah that's what i can see now that's because a... they're real they don't like they don't they don't not plan these things out so it has to do with the trauma too because you were just saying that okay you traumatized some people but all these people that all of a sudden now the mainstream is saying that by the way this wasn't a good idea do you think that's gonna uh, affect a lot of people psychologically and traumatize them oh absolutely of course it's going to traumatize them because they used to say it was safe now they're saying it wasn't safe sorry about that you're probably going to die in the next five years of a heart attack as you're walking to work people are losing their mind and it makes them comply even more doesn't make them comply less but can you imagine um trillions of dollars in lawsuits against Pfizer, it would collapse the stock market, trillions of dollars in lawsuits against the US government or the CDC or the federal death agency, the FDA, whatever, whatever it is. Well, you could trigger the full economic collapse and then blame the people on the on sorry about that. You know, but and that's when they say, well, we're going to have to take over. There's really nothing left here. I mean, the whole country's bankrupt. We're going to have to go take everybody's property just to keep kicking this can down the road because their end goal is basically the reacquirement of all like it's basically the communist doctrine is the reacquirement of all financial assets or wealth from the public. And nothing would be able to be able to motivate that 30% is just say, oh, you guys are dead. You can't work. You're, you're getting these big payouts. We're going to have to just stop the lawsuits and pay out this, that, and the other thing. But we have to claw back everybody's wealth just to keep this horse and pony show going. So you'll, you, we're going to take your house. It's no longer going to be yours. You can live in it for free, but you got to pay us 200 a month in rent. And we're going to take your car. It's ours. You got to rent it back from us for 150 bucks a month. 
we're going to give everybody $2,000 a month because the economy is completely decimated because all the lawsuits. I can smell that. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. But it looks like it's going to happen. Looks like it's going to happen. The digital it looks dollar. Like, yeah, it looks like there's some legal loopholes that they've managed to leave open. You got uh, Fox News, or is it Tucker Carlson on Fox? I mean, they're broadcasting now that this shot is killing people on the mainstream channel. It's really weird. It's really weird. And also looking at uh, comp- like Daily Mail, they had something on it today. I'm like, why is it happening? But it's happening in synchronicity. And for people like you, for people like me that are aware, we notice that right away. I'm like, why is it? Oh, it's coordinated. It's part yeah, of w- w- Where's the other shoe? Where yeah. is it going to drop? So you can see these massive lawsuits. And I mean, they, they want a reason to say that they need everybody's got a pitch in right mm. two weeks in your bank account to flatten the bank the uh, bankruptcy curve right whatever you got in your bank account we're going to have to sequester it or the whole place is going to go down thank you for your service stand apart to stand together <clears throat> wear your badge i gave up my bank account <laughs> you know you get the facebook profile I'm bankrupt or I'm getting my UBI, my universal basic income. We'll have to see where this is going to go. But again, do not give up hope. Just be stronger. If you want to take down the system and you have no idea where to start, I'll tell you one thing. You can't take down the system when it's inside of you. And if you're drinking coffee, drinking alcohol, vaping, smoking cigarettes, eating junk food, ordering takeout food on a Friday night, not fit for a maggot to eat, that's the system. So stop giving your money, which is your work energy, your actual soul, stop giving your energy to the system. You don't know what to do? Stop watching TV. It's free. It could actually make you money. Everything I'm talking about, canceling your cable, stopping alcohol, stopping coffee. I mean, you're going to have to get a gym membership, but you're still going to make money. And when you eat organic food, you're going to raise your energy, raise your power, raise your physical strength. That in turn will raise your intellectual, spiritual and financial strength as well. So understand that health is the enemy of the system because you can't manipulate strong people. Everything they do from toxic Teflon to microwave food uh, and Tylenol to Oreo cookies to the bullshit phrase that red wine is healthy in moderation. No way. It's all fucking bullshit. And if you want to take the system down, it has to do with you learning to keep the system out of yourself and out of your life because it's a parasitic entity that lives off your life force. So if it's got, if it doesn't have you as its battery, it dies. And that's what you got to do is start doing things to build your strength and getting rid of stuff that builds your weakness. That's all you got to do. It's free. It'll make you money. You can start today. So don't ever say you don't know what to do. Just give it your best shot. If someone comes in and lops your head off, so be it. But give it the best shot you got right now. And if, if we can get 
three or 4% of the population doing this, and there's a lot more than that, if we can get up to 25% of people rejecting the system and making sure to block its parasitical vampirization of our energy, this thing will turn on a dime overnight. It could be literally over in 24 hours. But how likely is it based on where things are right now? Are we in this for the long term? And uh, believe me, after this one, I have a very positive question to ask you, but I'm just curious. I, I, I would say the, the, the rate of like the trajectory mm-hmm. where people were getting healthy and taking back their power out of the system, that's why they fumbled through this and rolled it out in 2020. I don't think that we're ready for it at all. I'm a businessman. I've been a businessman all my life. Sloppy sloppy business concept, sloppy execution. It is completely sloppy. I think the trajectory is just upward and upward right now. And people are learning all about this energy. Keep it for yourself. Your money's energy. Stop giving it to the liquor store. Stop giving it to the vineyards. Stop giving it to the bars. Stop giving it to Starbucks. Starbucks is owned by Bill Gates. Come on, stop funding the bullets that blow your own head off and blow the head off of your family members. Stop doing it. It doesn't make any sense. Grow up, level up and line up and take this, take the bull by the horns here. And it is the bull. It's the the cult of Molesh, which is a bull cult. Yeah. I love your energy. And uh, this is exactly what so many people needed to hear. Jason, the final question we have for you for today by the way, I want to thank you. Just, I just thought your answers were so riveting and so you, empowering. Uh, the question I have is, because I've done your course before, the self-sabotage course, I found it really fascinating that by taking people along, by changing their environment, you can kind of guide them along to a conclusion. Usually, at least put them in uh, people in this position or change their environment so they can be in a disempowered position. But... For those that are awake, for those that are aware, how can you transform and change your reality so you get to a point where you have the optimal health? And on top of that, you experience financial abundance because I, some of your previous podcasts, you have talked about uh, the value of, of starting businesses and being successful. And when I listen to, uh, I listen to Berwick's podcast, I listen to some of the other people, they're all talking about saying, yeah, well, if you're financially abundant and you have this freedom, you can do other things. You can change your reality for the better. So how can you utilize your own techniques of the self-sabotage and kind of, kind of reverse and flip the script so people can engage and find uh, success abundance with their health and their uh, you know, career? Well, you're going to hack your mind in the same way that the people I'm talking about hack your mind. There's only one way to hack your mind. I'll give you a prime example. Well, I'll describe the hackable part of your mind first. It's called the subconscious and it loves you. It's very protective of you and it wants you to be safe and secure at all times. But And this is like your heart rate. It runs 24 hours a day. Your involvement's not required. So this part of the brain looks out through your eyes and your ears and all it's doing is looking for repetitive content. Why does it do that? How is repetitive content related to you being protected? Well, the most repetitive content usually reflects what the bigger herd is saying, thinking, or doing. If you mimic what the bigger herd is saying, thinking, or doing, usually you're safer. This is a protection mechanism. This runs 24 hours a day outside your conscious awareness, similar to your heart or your bowel movement or your digestion or a cut healing. There's things that go on in your body 
and your metabolism that you're, you don't need to be involved in. This protection mechanism where your body's always trying to fit in with the most repetitive messaging, that's in that category. Your body's always trying to do it. Now, the people who rule us make sure that all your movies, TV shows, and commercials, print media, and radio have negative garbage, repetitive content. And that's how they control you because they know you're going to mimic it outside your conscious awareness. I'll give you an example of this. The movie Gone in 60 Seconds with Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage. It was a movie in 2001 about car theft. Nicolas Cage had to steal 100 cars to save his brother from a local hood. And not not all 100 were shown, but there was 25 repetitive uh, themes of car theft in that movie. And this part of the brain that's always trying to assess what to repeat, what to mimic, what to mirror in order to fit into the tribe through repetitive download, it's been proven, doesn't know the difference between real time, screen time and imagined thought. So if you're in this movie theater, any movie theater, watching every movie, but if you're doing uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, this part of the brain thinks you're in a car theft tribe and it thinks that if you steal cars, you'll be accepted. And it thinks if you steal cars, you get to reproduce with Angelina Jolie. And this is all going on inside your mind like clockwork. And when that movie was released in 2001 in Burnaby, BC, Canada, car theft went up 70% in the first four days. Wow. It went up everywhere else where the movie was released. Because the dispatchers like, oh, over, over in the other county or the other area, they, they got the car theft too. So people were like, it's the show. It's the movie. So repetitive content controls your ideas, your behaviors, and your beliefs, and what you say, what you think. So that's how they hack you. So if that's how they hack you, why can't you hack yourself in the same way? That's why I have positive phrases around my house. That's why I only listen to positive podcasts when I'm going around. Or if I'm doing my research, I'm going to have to try and buffer that because I Hand in hand, I got to work with some negative stuff Mm. as well. I watch my thoughts. I consciously watch my thoughts if they're negative, try and interfere with them. And what I'm trying to do is upregulate positive content in regards to financial freedom, physical health, spiritual wellness, and um, intellectual sort of leadership or morality or justice or ethics. Anything that's positive, I try to upregulate. I downregulate all the garbage that the media purposely throws in on a repetitive uh, on a repetitive basis. I want no part of it because I know exactly how it impacts behavior. And I know that's the only reason the TV exists. It's a documented military weapon proven to control the thoughts, behaviors, and actions and beliefs of anybody watching it. It's an old ancient black magic device. That's what it is. So upregulate, put up happy pictures, even happy faces, put more happy faces, put happy phrases around your house, listen to podcasts that are positive, only listen to financial abundance podcasts or videos, only things that are uplifting. And I guarantee you, just like those people at Burnaby, BC, if you would interview, the behavior takes care of it themselves that's what mind control is people got out and stole those cars thinking i'm not under mind control but that's mind control 
They weren't like zombies. They were just stealing cars because, and they didn't know why. Then you'll be richer, wealthier, better relationships. You'll be more healthy. And you won't know why either. But I'm telling you why is because this part of the brain mimics the most repetitive content in your environment in an attempt to be safe. You give it the repetitive content that's better, and it will invisibly, outside your conscious awareness, act it out in your favor, period. Mr. Jason Kristoff, I want to thank you once again for being with us. I, I have to say that uh, you know we've done a few interviews before, but I am blown away by the information you presented. I enjoyed our other discussions, but I mean, the information you presented was so self-empowering and so revealing. So I want to say thank you so much. To learn more about Jason by going to his website at jchristoff.com. Again, highly recommend signing up when he has it available. The self-sabotage course, I've done it. It's been fantastic. Also, highly recommend listening to Jason's podcast called The Psychology of Freedom. You can also find Jason on Instagram and uh, contact him. Jason, thank you so much. Can I just say, if anybody wants to get on my private email list, Mm, anybody likes the information, I'll slow drip it to you free. Slow drip over time. Get on my email list. Email me personally at Jason at freedomfromselfsabotage.com. And I'll show you how to lead an empowered life in the areas of physical empowerment, intellectual, spiritual, and financial, so that we can stand together and just control our own lives and make sure this parasitic force stops sucking us down to zero, um, you know, with our own internal battery. We have to stop giving it its own life force from ourselves. So thanks for having me on, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.